Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our fourth and final hour of VSIN Bet Center as we welcome you back in Saturday night from downtown Las Vegas in our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Back with Jeff Carl. I'm Ben Wilson. Thanks to Dan Miller, our producer, rest of the whole crew behind the glass here at Circa, where we are running down to the end of the wire here. Final college football Saturday of the regular season. There is the one standalone Army Navy game next week, but it is a final in the ACC championship game. 45 21. Pitt gets the win over Wake. This thing ends up way short of the under on the closing line, either 73 or 70, up to 74 and a half, Jeff, even though Wake Forest scores 21 points in the first quarter. We had an in-game total of 97 and a half, as pointed out by our, uh, our guy Trip Tepper on Twitter. Does not even come close to that, and it ends up double digits below the closing number, Jeff. Or not, not quite double digits, yeah, a, full, I, a full possession. How do you explain that? Well, Wake Forest scored a grand total of zero points after the first quarter. Against a pit defense yeah, I, that uh, was was to put it kindly not good. Look, I, look, I I I don't want to don't want to belabor the point on Pitt, but your two losses were the two teams that were not any good. Uh, and, and, and as good of a job as Narduzzi and company and and Mark Whipple, why Mark Whipple's got to get a get get a better job than being the offensive coordinator for uh, the Pitt Panthers. So uh, look, uh, in, in the end here. Uh, ben, I, I think you're in a scenario uh, where you're you uh, you look at uh, you look at this for Pitt, and you're going to get a crack in the Peach Bowl against uh, uh, who, who's going to be in the Peach Bowl? Do you think uh, maybe Notre Dame? Yeah, maybe. I right, look, we'll we'll see who the the Pitt Panthers draw in the Peach Bowl. Of course, 
Normally, it would be the Orange Bowl birth for the ACC right. champion, but the Orange Bowl is a playoff game this year. So not not happening there. But uh, Pitt, first ACC title in school history. Congrats to the Pitt Panthers uh, on that. All right, we go back to the NFL. Our Week 13 previews. The the one game we did not talk about in the Circa Millions consensus, fade or follow. This game, really close to having both teams qualifying because you have the fifth most selected entry in the Cincinnati Bengals this week, laying three at home against the L.A. Chargers. Chargers were the sixth most selected entry. Jeff, it's uh, just two behind. Very very uh, evenly split here. 9.53 on the Bengals, 9.51 on the Chargers. A lot of people like both sides of this game with that, that line being right on the key number of three, and that's where most of the lines are as we sit right now. There's been some, as we look here, Jeff, on a Saturday that uh, there for a time, a couple are, are shaded towards Cincinnati on the minus three. I, I would be surprised if it gets off of the three, though, as we get towards kickoff. Uh, but as we look at a game like this, my, my first big question here on Cincinnati, Jeff, we have seen like, a young team like this in, under a third-year head coach in Zach Taylor. They have really struggled to handle these games coming off of wins this season, where especially wins coming within the division against the AFC North, where they had the earlier win against Pittsburgh in, back in week three, totally laid an egg on Thursday night, needed a late comeback to barely beat Jacksonville, did not cover. Then the outright loss as a 10-point favorite at the Jets a week after their big win on the road at Baltimore, Jeff. So my first question on this game, how do you expect Cincinnati to, to handle the moment here as a home favorite in a huge game for both teams, both in playoff positioning right now against a Charger team who could not have looked much worse last week in a road loss at Denver? All right, so this is maybe, there are a few ways to look at this. This is either a buy low, buy low point on the Chargers after really not playing well now for the better portion. Ever since... Ever since they got blasted by Baltimore, they've got a, it's gone backwards for the Chargers. And for the Bengals, it's a good point. How do they handle the moment? Now, I'm in the camp uh, where I think that this game landing a field goal makes a heck of a lot of sense and everyone just pushes out here. Cincinnati, to me, I think just played two really bad games in a row. And one of them happened to be against a really horrible team starting a backup quarterback. So that garnered a lot more attention than it should have because... It was the Jets winning with Mike White throwing for 400 yards. And then Cleveland flipped around and beat them up in that Ohio rivalry. Since those two games, Cincinnati's looked like the team that we saw before those two games, mm -hmm. which was a team that was clearly on its way to the playoffs. And look, I know they, that Raider game was really a weird game where there was no physicality whatsoever on either sides of the, of the ball for either right. team for three quarters, and then Cincinnati ran them out at the end. But last week against Pittsburgh, that was a domination. That was a statement Hey, we're here for real, guys, and really ending the chances of the Steelers. So I'm, I'm curious if this is a little bit of a letdown for Cincinnati. I'm curious uh, to see what Charger team shows up. This is a fade for me, mostly because I don't have the best of feels mm. for this game. Uh, I'm very intrigued to watch it. I think it's the best game on a slate tomorrow. Uh, I think there's a, you could make a case. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's the best game on a slate tomorrow. I think New England Buffalo is clearly mm -hmm. the best game of the entire week on Monday night. I, I'm I'm fading that specific consensus pick. It's funny, you know, you're fading it, but I mean, you're, the other side is literally two selections off. So how can it really be a fade? I mean, fade of of, of either you're here. You're fading the top I, five. Uh, I am fading the top five. I do. The Chargers is a contest play for me, Jeff. This is not an in pocket play though. I'm I'm kind of like you. I, I I could easily see this game landing three. Wanna I want to see how. Uh, interested to see how this thing plays out early too because there's a world in which the Chargers appear to just be broken and they come out and really struggle out of the gates. Big thing for me though, you have both the starting center and right tackle for the Bengals, Trey Hopkins, Riley Reef. neither of them practiced all week, both questionable for a line that's already been pretty suspect, Jeff, 
handling pass blocking, and that's the one thing the Chargers defensive line has done really well. They're a top 10 team in the, in the pass defensive rush win rate uh, metrics on the season. So much is obviously made about how bad the Chargers are on the rush defense. Worst team in the league. And Joe Mixon's coming off a 165-yard performance on the ground. So a lot of people naturally are going to say, well, Cincinnati, aren't they just going to pound the ball down the throats of the Chargers? To me, Jeff, with two of your top offensive linemen banged up as it is in already a weak O-line protecting Joe Burrow, I, I have some doubts on that. And to me, with with that, I, I could see this being a slightly lower scoring game. I don't expect Justin Herbert to all of a sudden be winging it around the yard and just getting back into a rhythm after how bad it was last week. So it could maybe see this game trend more to the under, and it's as high as 50 and a half right now. So that, that could be a potential uh, for an in-game look there, depending on how things go early. But uh, to play for me uh, on the Chargers, I'm going to uh, to buy low here on a team that really has been, as you see based on the schedule, a zigzag team for the better part of, of a month and a half now, ever since they had that really hot stretch early in the year, and we were all proclaiming, all right, Brandon Staley, coach of the year, Chargers put futures on Herbert to win MVP and all that. Uh, but to me, this is more of an inconsistent up-and-down team with a lot of bright spots in, in the Chargers with a lot of deficiencies as well, like the matchup for them, and the spot going against uh, Cincinnati here. So that will be a play for me in the contest on Chargers plus three, Jeff. Uh, one other game that is also a contest play for me, I know it's a contest play for you, and there is some, some uh, breaking news coming out on this game as we speak right now. Thanks to our producer, Dan Miller, for the heads up on this. As Adam Schefter of ESPN just tweeting, with regards to this Arizona-Chicago matchup, that's Kyler Murray, who has been a, a questionable basically the last month and a half since the October 28th game against the Packers. He is expected to start tomorrow against the Bears. Was coming in a game-time decision, questionable with the knee injury. In addition, DeAndre Hopkins is also listed as questionable. He is likely to go, but the report is from Adam Schefter, could be used more sparingly than normal due to A, the injury, and B, the weather, which is supposed to be a raw, cold, windy day with precipitation, likely rain, Jeff, in the forecast. You see how the line is currently seven. I have to think, and I just saw one book tick up to seven and a half, even money on Arizona. I have to think, just based on that news alone with Kyler in, you might see some Arizona money here coming into early Sunday morning. Uh, mostly sevens juiced to the favorite. A couple of seven and a half still out there. It was eight earlier today, Jeff, so there's been some I've been some interest in the underdog Bears with Arizona coming off of its bye in a bad weather game. Uh, what do you what do you think though of Kyler coming back into a game? He's going to play. He's been out now for basically six weeks. If you include the bye, going back to that Thursday night game, going to be a, a, on on one of the worst surfaces you can play in the NFL at Soldier Field. Cold, raw, windy day in Chicago. How does it go for Kyler tomorrow? I, I thought the assumption was always that Murray was going to play this whole week. Yeah, that's uh, fair. I, I don't care who plays quarterback, and I actually think I would be more inclined to like my position more with Murray than McCoy, as ridiculous as it may seem. But, Ben, what have we seen from quarterbacks with elongated layoffs so far this year? Russell Wilson, the best of the bunch who has missed extended period of time with that mallet finger injury. He was terrible at first two starts back. Are we certain that Kyler Murray, especially if he's not 100% still, is going to look good? When we saw last year when Murray got dinged up at the end of the season, that his play went from one of the five best quarterbacks in the league last year to, oh man, I don't, even, I don't know if he's playable right now because of how bad he was by the end of the year. Of course, he left that Ram game, and then mm -hmm. we realized, oh, they compromised Kyler Murray better than Strebler, but it compromised Kyler Murray probably not better than Colt McCoy at this point. We, ben, Colt McCoy went 2-1 and one in these games, won two divisional road games. 
the Cardinals have gained ground on everyone behind them. I just with Colt that's McCoy astounding. Play, which astounding. is which is incredible. It's just a testament that and also Dallas of course DeAndre Hopkins hasn't played these last three games either. Uh but look, Ben, I will not be surprised if Chicago wins this game outright. Wow. I, I don't care that it's wow. Andy Dalton. I don't care with all the injuries on the Chicago side that makes this a messy team. But I am very concerned with playing, especially with still laying a touchdown. There is still seven and a half out there. Well, whatever number it is, I would be very concerned about laying with a quarterback who is coming off an elongated absence of four weeks, including the bye for Murray, uh, and laying that many points on the road, even with a team that seemingly is a dead side in Chicago. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears pulled this thing out right. I like seven and a half a whole lot. And you have to think, with Kyler coming off that injury, they and they have emphasized this all year, they've not wanted to put him spots to, especially in the running game, to injure himself. So I have to think they will limit that. But th- this, to me, also, you have a strength of a Bears team that is, uh, that is A, running the football, and B, uh, defending the pass, where uh, defending both the pass and the run, they've been better against the pass this season. So they're going to be limiting Arizona through the air. The Cardinals have really struggled. They're third in pass DVOA, 24th in rushing DVOA. So to me, Jeff, it's, it's going to be an issue where Arizona knows they're going to have to establish the run based on the weather with rain, wind in the forecast, and also wanting to keep Kyler Murray uh, away from having to, to run the ball on these pass plays where things break down. To me, that sets up perfectly for Chicago to, to keep this game close. If not, I, I don't know if I'd go as far as you winning the game outright. I would not be comfortable teasing Arizona down, though. I'll say that. Of all the big favorites, I wouldn't be doing that. I, I like the I have the Bears plus eight as a contest play. I'm curious to see where this line goes. I know you said the assumption was that Murray would play, but how will the betters react regardless going into Sunday morning now that they know that? Uh, either way, we both like the Bears in the Windy City against the Cardinals. Who would have thought that? Uh, more NFL and those Week 13 previews coming your way next here on Beeson Bet Center. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. The guide drops December 13th. That is a week from Tuesday. So make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. You know, it will not be a bowl game this year, Jeff Parles, but it is for us tonight. It is the, the annual final week of the season game with zero playoff implications at all. Chase Bowl, sponsored by I don't know what. What should that be sponsored by? Some sports books got to sponsor that. <laughs> should, it, should it just be the Vison uh, yeah, yeah, game that we, the we give bet out plays on? The Bet Center Bowl. I mean, come on, Jimmy Kimmel's got a bowl game named after him. Why can't I, show, why I, can't our show have a our, bowl game? I think. I mean, I know was, the answer to why. If but it was the no. Greg Peterson Experience Bowl, I think that would be great. <laughs> uh, anyway, Cal leads USC ten seven in a game. Jeff and I both have a pregame bet on the on the over. Uh, these teams did not move the ball at all early on. It was three nothing. Uh, Cal midway through the second quarter. Finally, Jeff, the offenses have started started to explode. We are still behind, at least in our uh, our live in game, uh, at least based on the in game number. It's fifty and a half live, but uh, USC is now on the move, down ten seven. Four minutes to go in the first half, so we will uh, we will keep you posted on that uh, where things go. There, we still have some NFL games to preview before we go off the air. Hand the baton over to one Greg Peterson for the Greg Peterson Experience. A couple of games here with large lines I want to get into. We've, we've, we've said all along there were some a lot of road teams laying big numbers this week. One of them that is, uh, that is also laying a big number. It's a second matchup of a divisional battle this year. And Tampa Bay goes to Atlanta, taking on the Falcons after that crazy back-and-forth late seven-point win for the Buccaneers last week in Indianapolis. In the, a lot of the contests, Jeff, they are laying 11 in this spot on the road. There has been some interest. In the dog here, the Atlanta Falcons. It has been bet down to 10.5 basically everywhere. There are still a couple of shops where if you like the dog, you can get 11. If you like Tampa, you can get 10.5. Total basically market-wide at 50.5. I guess the biggest point first on the Atlanta side here, they will have Cordero Patterson, Jeff, which is we have we have discovered if there was like an alt MVP given out for like, liter- if there was a literal MVP award, I think Cordero Patterson would win the award this year, Jeff. He is, has, he, has there been a player who's meant more to his specific team than Cordero Patterson? Cordero Patterson should legitimately get offensive player of the year votes. And he I'm should. not kidding on that. He's been that good. And Atlanta went from legitimately looking like they did not practice 
in the yeah. game against New England yeah. that week. Maybe they didn't. Too, well, that's a short week. You may not have done yeah. a real practice. Do again? I'm not saying they were impressive against Jacksonville. They won the game, right. 21-14. But Cordero's Cordero's really good, Ben. And uh, and uh, look, it'll be fascinating to see how we uh, how the Atlanta uh, defense and all, both sides of the ball, I should say, uh, how, a how the Atlanta defense slows down Tampa's attack, which all of a sudden Leonard Fournette has really gotten going again. Uh, so that really gives both dimensions of the uh, of the offense for. Uh, Atlanta's defense has slowed down, which the Atlanta defense wasn't terrible against New England. They were Mm-mm. good last week against uh, Jacksonville. And look, uh, Atlanta, the last time this team played in week two, they were down 18, got it back to three, and then Matt Ryan lost his mind and threw two pick sixes in 90 seconds. So, uh, look, I'm not betting this game. I would probably only take Atlanta here because Tampa has has been, as we documented last week going into that indie game, much better at home covering numbers than yes. they were on the road, even though they covered uh, in pretty miraculous fashion last I, week look, in the end. I I was I had Tampa in the contest. Very I was fortunate. I was very I admit you're the wrong was, side. I was extremely home, extremely fortunate there. Uh, but I, but I, but I did get home. Uh, we'll point out yes, this is the number one versus number thirty-two DVOA matchup. If, if you're in, interested in that, by the way. But <laughs> in games when Cordero Patterson Jeff has had double-digit carries and receptions combined, so ten plus, so you're adding together his carries and his receptions. Falcons are five and three. In games where he has not done that, either missing games or they've not gotten him the ball 10 or more times, Falcons are 0-3, been pretty simple. So in, in a game where, to me, as you mentioned, that, that was a three-point game, what a wild swing that was. And, and you think about, too, that was week two, a game in Tampa, when the Buccaneers were, were rolling at home early in the season. It, it appeared as though Arthur Smith had, uh, had not finished reading the NFL head coaching manual. He was at about page 11 and a half of 68 getting through that because Atlanta looked completely lost the first few weeks of the year. They were within a field goal, John Jeff, with 12 minutes to go in that game. So you're, you, I am with you, though, as, as far as what, we, what we've seen in Tampa games, too, with the volatility, A, of that defense and its ability to take, to take the ball away, and B, with how lethal Tom Brady on the offensive side can be, especially now with a healthy Leonard Fournette and a team that is number one in basically every offensive advanced metric category this season – you could easily have a game where Atlanta plays them really tough for three quarters, maybe he's down six going into the fourth and loses this game by 20. So if, there, if, you, if you're making me bet this pregame side, I would probably, I would take Atlanta, but not one that I want to have in my account uh, or anything like that. Not going to play that in a, in a contest here. Uh, another game that I, I do think follows probably the same line of thinking, although I would lean to the favorite, is Jacksonville and the LA Rams. This is your highest line. We mentioned earlier the Circa... Survivor contest where none of the remaining 28 entries have the LA Rams available to take would have been the most popular selection likely this week as the largest favorite on the board and as a home team, the LA Rams. Who could forget, of course, Jeff, last year when the Rams were a 17-point favorite at home to the New York Jets and lost in December, costing many a survivor entrant uh, their their survivor lives. But here, either 12.5 or 13, kind of mixed here uh, between the books. Rams, on the surface, Jeff, does feel like the ultimate get-right spot against the Jacksonville team that is is poorly coached, undermanned, has basically one good player. It's James Robinson, the running back, and he's basically been playing hurt for the better part of a month and a half now. If you're making me bet aside, I'm still taking the I'm taking the Rams. I am I am no, ignoring all of the negative noise around how bad the Rams have looked against three legitimate contenders over the last three weeks. And we have seen this tale play out before where, where a bad Jacksonville team goes to the West Coast and gets totally annihilated. I could easily see this game being a 48-6 type game. 
I think people that are running to the window to take Jacksonville are crazy. Having said that, I don't want to lay the largest number on the board oh, in the contest come on. this you week. Can, you, can't, you can't say people are crazy and then I'll lay the other side. Come on now. I'm a measured, come on reasonable now. man, Jeff. I want nothing to do with this game. The number feels right at 12 and a half, 13. That, that, the, the numbers are right. Uh, Jacksonville in their previous trip to the West Coast got destroyed by Geno Smith and the Seahawks. They did. Uh, 38-7. That was the uh, the great uh, – you're down uh, – you're down 31-6, and you kick the PAT, and then I attempt the onside kick right after that. 24-6. Uh, tw- uh, oh, I'm sorry. Could have right. made 20, it 24-8, kicked the right, PAT, right, right. and, then, and then onside kick seven. right yeah. uh, But look, yes. look, in the end here, Ben, I am, I'm not touching this. It, on paper, makes sense that this would be a Ram get-right game. But I'm just not certain at how healthy Matthew Stafford is. And that's fair. So if, if he's not fully healthy – there may not be a, a thing that is exactly a get-right game all the way for the Rams. Uh, so this is a stay-off. We'll see if we can get some in-game opportunities potentially here. I know, I know this is the time of year you love to – you more than anybody I know. You love to start playing around with the NFL, the playoff machine. Oh, yeah. Big, I mean, and that's, that's – oh, Yeah, back, playoff machine, uh, total chaos right now, especially uh, for the 6-7 and seven in the NFC. Yes, uh, and if, you are, if you're a believer that – the issues for the Rams are not going away as long as Matthew Stafford remains less than 100% healthy, which it appears he is well below 100%, and the Rams seem to have no desire to sit him at all or, or try to wait and, and get him healthy for this home stretch. Is there a scenario where the, where the Rams are not in your final seven in the NFC? It would take a lot. It's not, impo- it's not impossible, but... Is I, it worth a bet on them to miss the playoffs? That's, that's my question. You, not, not, not at this particular moment, because, okay. look... They're probably winning tomorrow. If, they're win- okay. They're going to yeah. win the. I have them in a money line parlay, closing yeah. it out. They're winning the game tomorrow, Jeff. I'm the money line that. parlay. There you go. But, yes, but, your classic money line parlay with a minus with a twelve and a half point favor. Very good, Ben. But look, assuming they win tomorrow, because they're eight to one at most shops, eight to one, yeah. nine to one to miss the playoffs. That number is going to spike back up, probably over ten to one, especially if there are some results on the fringe teams. Yeah, so that yeah, go so don't bet it now. That's good advice. You, you yeah. don't bet it now. Their last five games are at Arizona, Seattle, at Minnesota, at Baltimore, the uh, the 49ers. One and four is not not out of the realm. Not out of the realm. It's unlikely still. Yeah. I think they would get they would get nine gets you in in the NFC likely. They, I still see them getting to nine and eight, ten and seven. But if you want to uh if you want to take a shot on Tuesday or Monday morning on the Rams to miss the playoffs, I don't hate that angle, Ben. Don't hate it. Don't hate that. Oh, do not hate that angle. I mentioned earlier I've got that Colts to make the playoffs bet plus one twenty. What in season wagers have you made, Jeff, futures wise? Are you I mean are you a big Oh, I had Atlanta to make the playoffs, which seemingly isn't dead, well, but it's no a bet big is trouble. dead in the NFC. Yeah, unless I mean, your name is the Seattle Seahawks or Detroit Lions. No, that that's that's the big one. That's the big really? one that I've made. And I took a little piece of Buffalo to miss the playoffs. I timed that wrong. I needed to take it. Come on. I, I needed to take it after the New Orleans game, not before it. That was okay. bad timing on my end. But, but yeah, I threw the plus one twenty on on the Colts. I threw a little sprinkle on the Packers eight to one to win the Super Bowl. You've got great numbers from the summer, Jeff. Oh, I got a forty to one on Green Bay that I was able to get yeah. in a before, in that three, yeah, in, in that, that three, that in that three-day Michigash, uh, where we thought Jordan Love <laughs> might be the starting quarterback. So. When I, I was, uh, yes, when I was on the air when that news broke, and meanwhile you were running to various books, cashing, t- you know, not cashing, making, I making got, bets. I got, I got, I got before before that news was okay. announced. Look at you. So. You got it. That's a good number. I, that, that's my sprinkle. I, I will have. I, Green Bay is going to be in the conversation 
they will be a final a final eight team at the very least oh, going into the playoffs. If not, I, I pretty good bet final for a final. Four. I think a final four team for sure. All right, we have two games still to preview in the NFL slate. Then our best bets, week thirteen in the NFL coming up next. This is Bet Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. We have made it to the halftime break of the unofficial VEASAN Pac-12 after dark game with nothing on the line. Final week of the season chase game, Bull. Uh, not sure that could fit in the full. I don't think that fits full, on uh, the, the full, the full the text bottom. of the, yes, the promotional banner. But it is 17-7 count at the half. You could, make, you could argue, Jeff, we should be uh, on, on a halfway pace to our over of 57. But two brutal missed field goals, the last of which just happened right before the end of the half by USC, is keeping us well short of that 24-point scored in the game so far. I will say we did get a little fortunate on a scoop and score, fumble recovery, touchdown by Cal, and and uh, Cal Trey Pastor. Apparently that is the real name. Cal Trey Al Pastor. I would I would like to change his name too. Giving us that uh, that extra touchdown there for Cal. Second half line, by the way, if you still want to get in on our unofficially decent-sponsored uh, happy action fun time bull. 27 and a half is your total for the second half, and it's USC laying a half a point. So getting nine and a half for the game, 51 and a half is what we are seeing, Jeff. That would uh, that would make that for the full game. Not sure that we're going to get there. We need we need uh, 30. Let's see, we are at 57, so we need 33 points. So basically five touchdowns in the second half. We getting there? Not basically. That's what we need. <laughs> uh, I, that is correct. I'm bad, I, I'm bad I, at math. I I. Uh, I, I Probably I think screwed. we're El Tosto on that one. El Tosto. Yeah, I think okay. we're. I think That's we're done. That's a new one. I think we're done. I, we. What is the Spanish word for toast? You should know that. You'll, you'll look it up. Right. While while Jeff is looking, what the Spanish word for toast is, we do have two more NFL previews to get to. Week thirteen card. Before we bring you our best bets, as we uh, we I believe pan is the word for bread. I don't know. Uh, tostada. Tostada probably. Tostada probably. <laughs> I, I, I think that's what that's what. Uh, that's, tostada that's what, is a separate thing. That's, I know, but that's what that's what my search said. Uh, so I don't I, I don't know how accurate my uh, the uh, the, tra- the Google Translator has been. It's not, it's not that accurate. I, I, I accurate. That's probably the literal. Yeah, probably. A tostada and toast are two totally different things. Let's get back to the All NFL. Right. Let's get back for our own sake. Let's get back to the NFL. Baltimore Pittsburgh, from tostadas to talking AFC North rivalries, Jeff. That's what we do on yeah, Houston Bet Center. So Baltimore Pittsburgh, a, a Pittsburgh team that I really liked last week, had teased them up. That game was over uh, at about 10:27 a.m. Pacific time last Sunday, in an absolute blowout loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They come limping back home. The report from Adam Schefter coming out today that sources within that, that within that locker room saying this will be the final season. Ben Roethlisberger has confided in teammates and apparently people who know Adam Schefter that this will be his final season as quarterback, the 18th year QB for Pittsburgh. In a game that they have to have, having lost two straight and having tied the third previous at 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. Baltimore off of their adventurous Sunday night win, 16-10, despite four interceptions thrown on the, in a home game by Lamar Jackson to beat 
Cleveland in that 16-10 spot. Baltimore laying four and a half. There is one four I do see out there. Uh, that's actually DraftKings on the East Coast. If you like uh, Baltimore, hopefully you're in a DraftKings jurisdiction, at least for now. Jeff, I, I really want to be able to stomach going back to the well here on Pittsburgh. Still think this is a very good spot for a Mike Tomlin team. Backs against the wall. These are the types of games that you expect Mike Tomlin to have his team up for, especially in the first of the two divisional meetings. Advanced numbers tell a, a slightly different story with just how bad Pittsburgh has been, not only off, on the offensive side of the ball, with, but with so many guys banged up. Defensively, it has been really ugly. They're now a bottom five team on the basis of the year, defensively and defensive DVOA, and there have not been many bright spots within that. Now, they do get T.J. Watt activated off the COVID list today. Still, though, without Joe Hayden at quarterback, who has been a big loss for them when out. So the question remains with uh, with Pittsburgh. Is there is there anything you can trust in a matchup like this for them? Uh, taking on a Baltimore team that has had that, you know, they don't feel like an 8-3 and three team on the surface. They are the current one seed. And it's a rivalry game. So on the surface, you want to say, all right, tight game, rivalry spot, lean Pittsburgh. But what what is really there for you to latch on to on the Steelers side? I, I mean, here's the problem with, 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 with these Baltimore games. Baltimore, I, look, look uh, they... Uh, <laughs> Trying to figure out the best way to say this without uh with, without getting myself in trouble here, uh, but but they have, they have been extraordinarily lucky this year. You can get you can say that. I can the air. say that very yeah, easily. You can say that they've been extraordinarily lucky, and they are. I know we say this every year with teams that overachieve or underachieve. They are the worst eight and three team that I can remember at that specific record. A year after Pittsburgh was the worst. Last undefeated we basically ever saw, it, and that turned out to actually be correct uh, with them getting bombarded in the, the in the wild card weekend by Cleveland on the Sunday night. But the Ravens have been extraordinarily lucky. Lamar Jackson's not playing well all of a sudden again. And I know he had that non-COVID illness that knocked him out of the Chicago game that he couldn't play, that Huntley found a way when they legitimately mm-hmm. couldn't move the ball the whole game and then had a touchdown drive at the end. Uh, their offense was terrible last week against the Browns. They just... The Browns were so inept that it didn't that it didn't even didn't even matter. Uh, but look, uh, in, in the end here, uh, I would only bet Pittsburgh. They will have TJ. Well, they will have TJ Watt, which is big because that defense without TJ Watt was a mess. And they're coming off of a performance where they were embarrassed by Cincinnati last week defensively. So I would only look to take the four and a half with Pittsburgh. And with that, Baltimore will probably win on a touchdown in overtime, and you'll have the right side with Pittsburgh and manage to lose here. <laughs> well, you look at now the last five games, and I realize one of these games does does account for Tyler Huntley, a quarterback for Baltimore. Such a slow-starting team in general, too, which has made it why I think you, you lead to that conclusion of being a lucky team with all these comebacks in the second half. Over the last five games now, Jeff, how many points do you think Baltimore scored combined in the first three quarters of those five games? Wait, wait Just think about this for a second. The way you're saying it is uh, pretty alarming. Well, they didn't score at all in the first three quarters against Miami. No. They had six, I'm pretty sure, against Chicago in the first three quarters. That was the, that was the Huntley game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Man, okay, and, I'm, and I'm going back. This is going back to the Cincinnati game. So, uh, 56 uh, points in the first three quarters combined over the last five games. So you're basically looking at an average of just yeah, really? a little look, over the, 10. Look, the last true good performance this team had was Chargers. the Chargers game. And during this run, I mean, you had 
I, I they, this doesn't even count the indie game where they came came back and were lucky to win that right. game. Uh the the Viking game, Minnesota, Minnesota. Yes, that's uh, a, an I, official verb in the dictionary. I mean, they're, they're just they they are extraordinary. Again, when you're well coached and you have a good coach like John Harbaugh, and, and even a Lamar has not been quite as good as you would have hoped this year. You still have a good quarterback, uh, a former MVP. You do get breaks like this when you are a well-coached football team. And that is that is the biggest thing that Baltimore has going for them is they have a, a, a great head coach, a great defensive coordinator in Martindale, and they've managed to hold up even with a cavalcade of injuries across the board. I mean, yep. they have 18 guys on IR right now. And best special teams, part, lar- largely in part due to no, kicker, yeah, best kicker Justin, of all time. Justin Tucker. That certainly helps. But, I mean, a top five head coach. And look, I mean, some of the numbers are are kinder to them, I think, than you are are being. I mean, defensively, they've been they've been the number one team against the pass early downs last five weeks in that span I was just wow, talking about. Pretty impressive. They've with all been those injuries. seventh against the run in that same time span, at least with that early down success rate metric on the season. Fifth in rush defense DVOA. So it's not like it's all smoke and mirrors, but at the same time, Jeff, with how wide open that AFC is, if you're if you're going to see this team as a number one seed in the playoffs. Fade away, buddy. Fade (laughs) away if they're the number one Uh, seed in the AFC. And we've seen the playoff struggles as well for Lamar Jackson in the past. And I and I hate that that is going to be the primary storyline because I I don't you know I'm not I'm not totally in the camp of this is just a purely lucky team. It's more that they're inconsistent. They're not good at starting games strong, and they do rely on uh, they rely on a lot of variance. And you know variance is uh, is a lot of times the name of the game in these. So as look. I, I found myself early in the week saying, I, I want to do this. I want to go back in on Pittsburgh. The more I look into the, some of the advanced numbers, even with the 12 players listed on the injury, a report for Baltimore this week, I just cannot get there with putting Pittsburgh into a contest or an actual bet. Not going to tease them up again like I did last week at the same number, by the way. It was four and a half last week, and they get blasted in that loss against Cincinnati. Not going to do it. If you maybe pick a side, though, it would be uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. at four and a half. All right, one more game for us to preview. We'll start it here, wrap it up on the other side, and then get to our best bets. San Francisco, Seattle. What do you do? What do you do with the Seattle Seahawks at this point, Jeff? And now they're a home they're point, uh, three point dog at home. Yeah, no, look at three and a half. This would have been a take for sure on Seattle. Um, if you were going to make me bet this, you can still get a three and a half juice to the Seattle side if you want to DraftKings uh, minus one twenty. Uh, the biggest thing in this game: how does San Francisco handle being without Debo Samuel? That is by far the biggest factor in this game, and that may be the deciding factor in this game because the biggest thing in this little mini run that the Niners have been on is that Debo Samuel has been the best offensive player in the NFL the last three games for the San Francisco 49ers. Catching the ball, being played as a running back. How do the Niners handle him being out? And if they don't handle him being out well, Seattle could win this game outright despite how horrible they've looked the last five weeks. I I I have a couple thoughts. Mm -hmm. I kind of like San Francisco in the game. Not going to play it, but I will explain my reasoning there before we get to our best bets as we wrap up the show here on VSIN Bet Center. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. Oh, 
OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back for the final time. It's VSIN Bet Center as we wrap things up on a Saturday night from downtown Las Vegas. We're blasting out. Jeff Barnes, as always. We're going to be sweating after we go off the air, Jeff. Our happy action, fun time. Late night college football over our 57 in Cal USC. That's a 17 7 Cal. Lead at the half with the Greg Peterson experience coming up next for the next three hours here on VSIN. Uh, final thoughts for me first off on the San Francisco Seattle game, then we will get into our best bet. So for me, Jeff, I understand the loss of Debo Samuel, who has done everything at the wide receiver and running back position. It is difficult to quantify how much that means to San Francisco, but I would still say, in an offense of the 49ers that is really built to methodically run these drives. And we've seen, I mean, the 16-18 play. We saw a drive that took up almost the entire first quarter in the Jacksonville game on the road a couple of weeks ago. For an offense that is built that way, that still has a lot of other weapons outside of Debo Samuel, to me, the matchup is good for them in the sense that Seattle has been horrific defensively at preventing the the chunk plays on, on early downs. They're last in the league in early down success rate defending the pass this year. 
25th against the rush over the last five weeks. And that, to me, Jeff, plays right into what Kyle Shanahan will look to do as head coach, setting up the five, six-yard plays on first down, setting up second and four, setting up third and ones. And with the way that offense is, is designed, I expect San Francisco to once again dominate the time of possession battle because that's really been as part of this resurgence for the Niners, having gone now up to six and five on the season, what has been such a, a key element to what has gotten them back into serious uh, contention to a make the playoffs. And I'm certainly not dead at all. As far as, as far as the, uh, the, you know, the, the general sense getting into a top five position seed goes for that NFC playoff picture. So as much as people, I think you made the, the, the point and rightly so that without a couple of top weapons, like Adebo Samuel, this offense might struggle and you're buying low on Seattle. I am at the point where I, I get the sense of Seattle. We're at the point of no return here where the game, the, the game to me where everything came to a head was the Arizona game. I'm still a little bitter. Couldn't even get a cash a teaser leg despite the seven and a half point line move in my favor, but that's not what this is about. Jeff, this is about Seattle looking completely dead, having so many things outside of just on field that seem to be a miss behind the scenes and no, take no look further than the Monday night game where Debo, uh, not Debo Samuel, where DK Metcalf targeted once in the first basically three and a half quarters. And Russell Wilson clearly less than 100% against the coach and Pete Carroll, who, while he's got a lot of time left on his contract, seems to have watched the game and in-game decisions pass him by as a, as a head coach. So I'm not really sure, if, even though with the injury adjustments you make on this line, whether I would still take Seattle. I don't want to bet this game because I'm worried this could be the, this, maybe this trap spot for the Niners and Russell Wilson in Seattle has owned San Francisco, relatively speaking, over the, the past couple of years. But I'm not buying at all this, this buy-low spot on the Seahawks. That's just me. I don't know if it's a buy-low spot. I think it just may be a, a, a potential take spot more than anything. I look, it just, it, it just is one of those games here where you, are we at the point of no return from Seattle? There, and I there, say there's yes. No more la- there's no more last stand game. No, there's no, no more save your season. Your season's done. It's done. This team has not been in this scenario, uh, even though, again, it, it kind of showed us, oh, we're in a win-now mode because they signed Adrian Peterson they and, did promote, sign Adrian and, Peterson. and put him on the active roster. Granted, Adrian Peterson averaged a hardy two and a half yards a carry with Minnesota over the few games, or excuse me, with Tennessee, uh, I should say, uh, over these last few games he was there before getting released last week. Uh, but, look, uh, Seattle – there are going to be some very uncomfortable moments this offseason for that team because I don't think you can justify Pete Carroll coming back. Nope. And Russell, Russell Wilson, I don't th- it's pretty apparent he doesn't want to be there anymore. And it'd just be a matter of how, how much can you get back for him. And remember, the Jets own Seattle's first-round pick in the Jamal mm. Adams trade, which the Jets, even though they aren't doing much winning on the field – Continue to win that trade every single that week. Is, yes. Uh, right as, the, as the Seahawks gave up two first-round picks for a guy who is a weak side linebacker. Seattle's 3-8. and eight. They have the Lions, Texans, Bears still on the schedule in their final six games. If I set their adjusted win total at 5.5, Jeff, with games this week against the Niners, at the Texans, at Rams, home Bears, and Lions at Cardinals. You go over that five and a half? I don't know what the actual adjusted win total is. If I think they were six and a half, if memory serves me correct. That, that because would, those yeah. there there are there are three games they're still gonna be favored in. I mean I know. they're still gonna be favored but in. But I'm I look I they're gonna be favored if you're against thinking the Bears, like I am if this Detroit. is past the point of no return and they're done. I mean, could you see them lose lose one of those one of those cu- seemingly cupcake games of if those? If they three? lose to the Houston Texans, things have gone very <laughs> 
very poorly and even worse than we know we already thought. Ben. Is it worth putting a bet on, by the way, Detroit to get their first win uh, week 17 at Seattle? You probably get a good number on that. I, I'll look that up real okay. quick. But, uh, but look. There's the, there's the schedule, by yeah, the way. But, but look, I mean, that Detroit, no uh, to win first game market, the best bet, because we looked at this earlier the week on a numbers game. Mm-hmm. I know Bet, uh, bet MGM had right. it. Uh, but the one you may want to look at, as ridiculous as it is, by the way, 14-1 to one on Seattle, uh, week 17. Week yeah. 18 against Green Bay for Detroit, a 20-1. to one. If the Packers already have the one seed sewn up with what we saw from Jordan Love, ah, not impossible that's, there, Ben. That's a good point. Not impossible. I don't know that it's ridiculous to put a little sprinkle on both of those. 14-1 and 20-1. I don't think they're, winning. Don't think they're a road game in Seattle. Like, unless if – that's one of those where if Russell Wilson is like just packed it in and Geno starts and – and Gino would be like, all right, this is my time to shine. And it's like the Jaguar game again. Short shot, I'd have to think, is at Falcons. The, the short shot uh, for, for Detroit is, uh, is uh, I got to check. Well, technically, this, maybe technically this week, just because I it just, is. I just, of course, um, naturally uh, close it out. That's shut right. out of it. Home but. Vikings at Broncos. Home Cardinals at Falcons at Seahawks. Short shot is home this Packers. week. Which, short uh, shot I, that, that does make sense. Plus 250. Next week at Denver, plus 350. There's no way they're winning in they're Denver. They're not winning that game. Uh, Atlanta's 4-1 to a week 16. And then it's Seattle, 14-1. to Cardinals, 16-1. to And then the Packers, 20. They're going 0-15-2, Jeff. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's equivalent to one National Football League win, guys. Put it on Dan Campbell's ledger. <laughs> one National Football League win. All right, let's get to our best bets before we drive ourselves crazy talking about hypothetical Detroit Lions uh, 0-15-2 scenarios. Jeff, what is going to be on the card for you this week, my friend? The Minnesota Vikings laying seven is going to be on the road. There we go. We're laying a whole touchdown with Kirk Cousins on the road, baby. Good. Yeah. I I, look. I I just think this again. Could I be regretting this in the middle of the day? A hundred percent. Yes. But this just feels like a scenario where Minnesota comes out and it is a whipping, a good old-fashioned destruction with Minnesota going up there. Detroit has played three competent games in a row. I don't think they're capable of a fourth, and this is just take your frustration out. Minnesota wins a game by three touchdowns. I'll lay seven. Denver plus nine and a half. I've been on it the whole week. I liked it at 10, like it nine and a half, like it all the way down to eight and a half uh, still, Ben. So uh, I I would look at Denver all the way down to eight and a half. I'll take nine and a half, and then a six-point teaser. We'll go Minnesota all down to one, and we'll take it with New England up to eight and a half. All right. I don't have an issue with any of that. If I, for the record, if I was still alive in Survivor, of course I'm not. There's only and there's only 28 in the Circus Survivor left. For I'm if if you have an entry still available on Minnesota, that to me is the play. Assuming you have already used Indianapolis, which all but one person has. Nobody has the Rams left. Uh, so that that is the spot I would be taking in Survivor this week is Minnesota. Uh, having said that, we'll, as we get to my place here, my teaser leg, it's going to involve that team, Jeff. I will. I will go uh, in Benny in the bets, which we got to love. I am teasing Minnesota down. You can actually now, when I teased this earlier, it was uh, the best number was seven and a half. There are now sevens available. You can tease Minnesota down to one and a half. I'm doing the old long teaser, getting Washington up through the three and the seven in Las Vegas. Vikings to minus one and a half. Washington to plus seven and a half. Mentioned the Chargers as well, plus three in that road spot against the Bengals. That's a contest play for me. Also a contest play, and when I sent this into our producer, Dan Miller, earlier today, there were eights out there. Those are mostly gone. It's now seven and a half. Even at, I still like it, though, Jeff. It's at the plus seven and a half mark for the Chicago Bears. And again, if you're just joining us and have not heard this news yet, even though it was assumed he would go, it is now, it is official, at least according to Adam Schefter, 
on Twitter, which is basically official. Kyler Murray expected to be named the starting quarterback tomorrow, coming in a game-time decision. DeAndre Hopkins also expected to play, but might be limited due to A, his injury, and B, uh, the weather. So those are those are the plays uh, for tomorrow. What is going to be the biggest? Uh, I, I realize as far as carnage, there's only 28 entries left, so it's not like there's you can have that much carnage, Jeff. But what is what's going to be the biggest result that when we come when you come on the for air with, survivor? Well, I, let's just say in general, when you come on the air with Gil Alexander for guessing lines Monday, what's going to be the the just like what the hell result from Sunday? Yeah, either either Kansas City or Arizona is going to go down. Okay. Those are the two big favorites that I think are most likely to lose. I worry a little bit that I have not heard a single person give an explanation as to why they like Kansas City, which always worries me. Seems like the whole world is on Denver. But again, we live in a bubble, and you know, there I'm sure there are people out there who like the Chiefs. There's a reason I, why the line is where it is. I also, I will tell you, they're, they're going to be, even though on paper this looks like it's going to be a pretty clean uh, survivor week, I should say. One of those, again, only 28 entries left. One of those top three is going down. So Philadelphia, mm. Minnesota, or Kansas City, one of those going down. Obviously, I don't think Minnesota's going Clearly, based on your, your old bets. All right, well, that does it for us. Jeff, always pleasure hanging out with you. Ben Wilson saying so long, the Greg Peterson experience. It's coming your way next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Good luck with all of your bets on NFL Sunday. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.